Let me say that I, as a man of faith, I believe that democracy is the political enactment of a spiritual idea, the sacred worth of all human beings, the notion that we all have within us a spark of the divine and a right to participate in the shaping of our destiny. Reinhold Niebuhr was right. Humanity's capacity for justice makes democracy possible, but humanity's inclination to injustice makes democracy necessary. Welcome to 10 Minutes on Democracy. I'm Jason Franklin, Senior Advisor at One for Democracy. Today is Tuesday, December 6th. Apologies for the background noise, but I'm in New York City today and finding a quiet corner is always a challenge. That clip was from Senator Warnock's first floor speech on March 17, 2021, when he powerfully spoke about civil and voting rights. We'll see tonight whether he'll continue making key speeches for democracy from the Senate floor for the next six years. Before we get to the midterms runoffs, let's talk about the actual midterms. We are finally done. Two counties threatened to derail certification, which I've talked about the last few weeks, but courts have stepped in to ensure the elections were certified. In Luzerne County, Pennsylvania, after a lawsuit was filed, the board members quickly came together and uh, voted to certify the election. Well, in Cochise County, Arizona, they actually had a court order requiring them to certify it, which they did finally comply. And on December 5th, they finally certified across the state of Arizona the official election results. Now, of course, lawsuits can now be formally brought forward in Arizona to challenge the election results. Those must be submitted within five days of certification, so likely see some continued uh, legal battles, but the certification process is done. Which brings us to this evening. Today, Georgia voters have the final chance to cast their vote to decide between Republican Herschel Walker and incumbent Democrat Raphael Warnock in the U.S. Senate runoff. Warnock finished ahead in the first round of voting, um, but failed to pass the 50% threshold needed to avoid a runoff. The polls show that he is in the lead. Significant early voting has been happening as of Friday morning. Over 1.47 million votes had already been cast, either in person or by a mail. That's about 37% of the total votes that were cast in the midterm elections. Odds are strong that Warnock secures a re-election, but definitely a close question. If He's leading by the three or four points that many expect. Expect to know this evening who will be the winner. But if Walker has a surge, it could take a day or two. In particular, people are focused on what is happening with the roughly 81,000 voters who supported the Libertarian candidate in the general election and what's happening with undecided suburban voters. Warnock is focusing in Atlanta, smaller cities around the state, but there's a real intense mobilization for those suburban voters. That will show us whether we end up with a 50 or a 51 seat majority for the Democrats in the Senate. And while that doesn't sound like it changes control, it has huge implications for judgeships. It has huge implications for whether Democrats have subpoena power in the Senate. It lowers the influence of Manchin or Cinema or any individual senator to block legislation from moving forward. It also means if anybody gets sick, or passes away, Democrats wouldn't lose the majority, even for a short time. So a lot hinges on what happens tonight and how things continue to move forward over the next few years. Other things that have been happening, unanimously, a federal court of appeals on Thursday ended the independent review of documents that were seized from Mar-a-Lago, removing a hurdle that the Justice Department had been arguing was delaying 
their criminal investigation into the retention of top secret government information. What's interesting is this is both a repudiation of the arguments that Trump's lawyers have been making, but also because Trump is no longer shielded from prosecution the way he was when he was president, many legal experts think that the Mar-a-Lago investigation uh, may actually be more problematic than a lot of the investigations that he has faced in the past because it's more centered on straightforward factual and legal questions than questions of guilt or discernment. So see the kind of impact of what that's going to look like over the coming days as a counterpart the trump organization being found guilty in new york today is more of a symbolic victory it doesn't have a huge financial implication but to begin to see verdicts come down against trump could really change the trajectory of the presidential elections moving forward of course the other thing to talk about with the presidential elections get through one midterm or one election all of a sudden pivot and go directly into the next well Democrats didn't waste much time. And the first big shakeup has been changing the nominating order for party primaries for the 2024 election. Used to be Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, South Carolina. The new order really switches things around South Carolina, then Nevada and New Hampshire together, then Georgia and Michigan. Iowa's out of the top five. Um, it puts in a more diverse, a more representative mix of states for the Democratic base into the early nominating contest. It also makes the early nominating states much bigger and much more expensive places to play. So it will mean far harder for incumbent, uh, for insurgent candidates to do the retail politics that happen, can happen in an Iowa or New Hampshire to spur their campaigns forward. And instead, you have to invest very heavily in bigger states like South Carolina or especially Georgia and Michigan. But if you can secure an early victory, you also start locking in significant delegates in the primary race. So interesting questions. There'll be a lot of conversation about what is the implications from who can now run effectively or who cannot run effectively for Democratic nomination for president? What does that mean about diversity and representation? in the primary process um, and what does that mean for broad more broadly for our democracy we don't yet know what the republicans will do about their nominating process but many expect to shake up in the order of their states as well and the question is will they shake it up to favor states where you have more of that far right base that has gained dominance in the republican party today or will establishment republicans be able to keep some of the states with a stronger establishment base into the first primary slots, which could really change who can win, who starts to perform well in early primaries on the Republican side. So timing matters for how narrative gets built for our questions of what happens with our democracy. But that's all for this week's review of American democracy. I look forward to talking with you again next week. Until then, take care.